Good day, dear listeners. It's Matt back again on a beginner's guide to a 40-something gay man. Now, I've just realised there is going to become a point not too far in the future where that title is going to become problematic. Give me your thoughts on that. What should I do? I still have <clears throat> a year and more, 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 maybe more. Don't judge me. Um, on what I do call this podcast. I'm not going to change the name, but how do I adjust it? How do I make sense of it? I suppose that's where it started. Anyway, I shouldn't be revealing all of that stuff if I have... Oh, I've told you the year I'm born, 1968, so you know. Anyway, so yes, if you have any thoughts on that, get back to me as soon as possible so I can start figuring that out. Anyway, I hope everyone's had a wonderful week. Uh, My week's been quite busy, um, uh, bits and pieces of work, um, recording things, and then at the weekend we were at uh, Dave and Emma's wedding up in uh, Shropshire, which was beautiful. It was a lovely wedding, and it was all very genuine, and it was all very real, and it was nice to go to a wedding where people meant everything they said. Not that other weddings we've been to people haven't, but it was a little less formal. Um, and there was a fish and chip supper, which was lots of fun. But yes, so I met lots of lovely people and uh, and really enjoyed Ludlow. It was beautiful. We had a day of just being at a castle and looking around and it was beautiful weather. Actually, all of the Friday and then most of the wedding day. When we arrived at the wedding, it was a bit wet and miserable. And then just before the wedding was due to start, the sun came out and pretty much stayed there all day. So we both got quite burnt. Anyway, really enjoyed that. Um, this week, my very special guest is also a friend of David Nemmers, is Mr. Dale Page. Now, Mr. Dale Page uh, is better known for uh, touring many a musical around, well, in fact, around the world. He's done lots of bits and pieces. But Dale, we're back to having a friend. Dale is an old friend. And I'll tell you, I will tell you our back history uh, when Dale is here in a minute. So I look forward to introducing you to him, Mr. Dale Page. And you can find him on my Facebook. Anyway, uh, lots to chat about and it's going to be quite a fun one and a light one um, as we've had a few. Well, last week was a little bit serious and a few others that have been wonderful guests, amazing guests. But this week is also a little bit more, a little bit easier for me because I know Dale well, and uh, the conversation will flow. I'm going to have to keep an eye on the time, because I know when I've talked to friends before, the time ticks by, and we get carried away. So I'm going to try and rein it in this week. Anyway, I have a very special guest from the US joining us in in a few, well, I think it's about probably two weeks now, two weeks' time, three weeks' time, three weeks' time, three weeks' time. As though I have a producer telling me this. This is me producing myself. So, yes, three weeks' time. Um, somebody I'm very excited to introduce you to. But I'm going to introduce you to... I'm very excited to introduce you to my chum friend pal, Mr. Dale Page. But before we do that, there is this week's recommendation. And it's a quick one. It's a quick one. This week... It is, um, it's actually a song that was out in 2016, but I've only just discovered it. It wasn't a chart topper. Um, It wasn't that kind of thing. It's a pop funk track, is how it's described on iTunes. 
Um, not that that necessarily means that's what it is. But anyway, that's how they describe it. Pop funk. Um, quite princey. And it's called Weird Part of the Night. And it's a single on iTunes. And it's by Lewis Cole. Lewis, L-O-U-I-S. So it could be Louis. Me and my pronunciations. I've not heard him interviewed, so I don't know. Lewis Cole. I'm going to go with Lewis Cole. Say so it was released in 2016. Um, and he has a few singles. Uh, there's another one called Thinking, which I love, and another one called Blimp. And they're both quite short. Um, I can't find an album by the this gentleman at the moment, but I would definitely recommend um, tuning in to at least one of those songs. But the one I'm... Uh, specifically in love with at the moment is weird part of the night um as i say quite princey quite funky so go and check that out but now ladies and gentlemen it is time for me to introduce you to the wonderful and the jolly my chum mr dale page so hello dale page hello how are you sir i'm very well thank you good. How I'm, are just, you? I'm good i'm going to take my headphones off which mm-hmm. i have on at the moment I always give my view, my viewers, my listeners. I keep talking about it being a camera, and it's not. It's a microphone. It's been it's been a long day today. It's wet. Anyway, <laughs> taking these off. It's moist. So, Dale Page. Yes. Tell me about yourself. <laughs> so we're going to start with how old you are. I am twenty eight years of age. Born on the year eighty nine, on the cusp. Nineteen eighty nine. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, and your place of birth, please, Dale Page. Um, well in Garden City, Hertfordshire. Well in Garden City, and your parents are still there. They're currently not? in Letchworth, which is nearby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just north. It's all straight lines and straight roads, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. everything's perfect. Yeah, Letchworth is still a garden city, so still they. A garden city. Yeah, they like their garden cities. Well in Garden City has a good shopping centre. <laughs> so that is where you grew up then. It is where I grew up. Yes, I went to school. I went to a primary school called Watchlights, which oh, sounds that quite sounds, exotic. It sounds slightly hippie. Yes, it does. But no, it was very Mr. Stevens. I remember the headmaster uh-huh. and uh, Mrs. Beecham, who was I don't know who she was, but I'm pretty sure was having a relationship with Mr. Stevens. <laughs> See, there's scandal before we even get to acting. There's just yeah. a scandal at school. Whether Hopefully they're still with us and maybe they're together now. Maybe they've got their own children and they've started... Yeah, I wish you else. all the best. <laughs> just in case. Yeah. <laughs> you never know who might be listening in. Yeah. Um, so, school. How was school for you? Did you like school? I did like school. I... So, I did two years at a secondary school called Sir Fred's. Sir Frederick Osborne School. Okay. Um, and I only did two years because that's when I went to Sylvia Young Theatre School. Yes. In year nine. So, yeah, I was kind of an average student, really. I I was the only boy that sort of performed, really. So I I did all the concerts and and every time I did Bugsy and. Uh-huh. Um. I think the plan was to do Greece, but by that point I'd got into Sylvia's, so uh, Mrs. Boyd was a bit upset, I think, that her one boy was, wasn't was going to be there anymore. Oh no! Yeah, sorry. Sorry, you Mrs. Boyd. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So that was up to the age of how old were you when you. So I went left. to Sylvia's when I yeah. was 13, I think. Okay. Yeah. So up to that point, school was unproblematic. 
you yeah, I mean, I mean, I was sort of a good student. So, so I've got a twin brother. Yes. Um, who, uh, we're not identical, but sort of grew up in the class in the same classes, and sort of my identity was very much one of two. Mm. Um, and Mark was always cooler than me, and um, sort of friends with the cool kids, and so I think that kind of got me a free pass uh-huh. um, I never really had any trouble I mean towards the end I remember talking to a girl and saying that I was gay mm-hmm. or, or no I think I said something like oh um, ha- what would you do if I was gay or something like that mm. I was sort of testing the waters and I remember her saying she wouldn't allow to be my friend because her parents didn't agree with it or something like that oh right um, and I I think t- the group of friends I was in I sort of did that sort of thing where I was like how would you feel even though I'm not kind of thing right right <laughs> testing um, the waters yeah uh-huh. but I never really had any trouble yeah I mean it wasn't until I went to Sylvia's and there were a couple of chaps sort of in the years above me that were sort of out. Okay. And it was... I don't know, it was... It wasn't... So they would have been like 15, 16? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but it wasn't like accepted. It was just... It was a reality mm-hmm. like in mm-hmm. the school. Um, and I remember... Oh, God, yeah, I've totally forgotten about this. So there was a girl called Jacinta Leslie... Okay. who was like the prettiest girl in school like very tall and leggy and blonde and beautiful mm. and I mean by this point so okay let's go back a bit so when I auditioned yeah I was a tiny tiny human really I was still a soprano yeah I think I sang a hearsay song for my audition oh my god <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> oh my god I mean I got That's in right. <laughs> no I mean but the fact it was that you were singing hearsay songs at an audition at that age yeah wow yeah okay yeah this happened so yeah amazing and then but the summer between me auditioning again and actually attending mm-hmm. I grew six foot because for the viewers at home that can't view yes I'm, I'm quite a leggy a leggy brunette yes six two six two yeah so I had to look on his CV to remember <laughs> I was like I know he's really talked six yeah. two yeah on my CV it might be 6-1 <laughs> alright I mean you know without the heel yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a with a gentle heel with a yes. gentle heel yeah so and, and of course Soft my shoe uh, yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> so and also my voice broke oh between between the auditioning and, and attending oh my god so when I turned up on the first day they must have thought who <laughs> is this person wow um and also, there were the delights of, you know, puberty and bad skin and, um, you know, and sort of bad acne. But it was mm-hmm. never like, it was never like sort of blemishy cheeks. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, always yeah. like the one white head on the nose. Right, right. That's, you know, that's sort of <laughs> yeah, the yeah. world we were living in. So the fact that this girl, Jacinta, Jacinta yes, sort, like... of had this, sort of came to like, she had this crush on me. Okay. And everyone was like, oh my God. Sin, people who spell sin, uh-huh. really fancies you. Like, oh my god, what are you gonna do? She's so gorgeous. 
and I was like, meh. Like, sort of, <laughs> not really, not really phased by it. Help her condition her hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love her hair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was beautiful. Uh huh. But I think actually somebody said if you, I mean, if you don't fancy her, you're probably gay. <laughs> and I think yeah, I I thought about that for a minute, and I thought yeah, yeah, I think. I'm okay, gay. so but yeah. so but, but presumably this was not the first time that you'd had the thought. Oh no, 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 so, no, no. That th- this was like the moment where I sort of finally sort of I accepted it. It just sounds a bit yeah. wank, but I s- sort of had the revelation where I was like, oh my god, I am. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because um, I oh she she did me the CD of the lyric of of um, Daniel Bedingfield's if oh, you're not the one oh. <laughs> and she wrote the lyrics for Valentine's Day and it was all very oh, sweet oh. yeah and I I hope I didn't break her little heart but you don't know where she is now no she's <laughs> 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 I hope she's still someone's gonna now. Yes, I'm expecting you. Excitement. She's going to be traced by one of your contemporaries, and uh, yeah. yeah, well, I'm sure she's. Hopefully, she's very happy. Hopefully, yes. I mean, last I remember, <laughs> she was pursuing a a, a pop career. Um, ah. So yeah, I haven't. We'll Google her afterwards. You're yeah. not Google. You're not tried googling recently. No, I haven't. Okay, we'll do that in a bit. Oh, 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 when we finish this. <laughs> um. So. Okay, so then going back a little mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. because obviously it was in full swing mm-hmm. at Sylvia Young. Mm-hmm. Um, but when was the first time you can remember sort of having a moment where you thought, oh, okay, there is a, I'm not like my brother or I'm not like my friends in that there's an, a, my attraction is yeah. swerving away and kiss chase with girls or whatever it was. Was there a moment? Was there a thing? that happened I mean I sort of when I look back I remember you know seeing a, a, I think somebody on EastEnders like coming out the shower and they had they were shirtless or something I remember right. you know getting in fizzy knickers and but not really sort of <laughs> not really sort of acknowledging yeah because that was just, just that wasn't unusual that was just life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but when I was at Sylvia's there was a guy um, sort of the only other guy that was out in our year mm. that I mean God looking back but yeah I sort of I liked him you did go back in time then so, so dear yeah. listeners D- Dale's <laughs> eyes just wandered off and it was all a bit dreamily he, he was in he was he was back there he was back, was back, there. back there but I mean he, I mean I, I wouldn't never go for him now no but yeah definitely it was my first sort of Feeling of mm. I like this other man, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, classic story. He was never in- interested in me. And you would have been how old? Thirteen, fourteen. Okay, thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, he he was never interested in me, and actually a bit of a dick to me. Oh, which is probably yeah. why I liked him. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm such a cliche. <laughs> Even yeah. at that age. I know. No. Um, but you're not that person anymore just for potential um, <laughs> people down the line he won't buy it he won't buy into it no. anymore no don't part with that shit no more no not since Britney we'll come to Britney yeah. in a bit oh yes we will there's going to be lots of Britney by the way listeners um, so 
so oh yes yeah, so okay actually then because I know Dale being probably the biggest Britney fan I've ever met mm-hmm. at what point did she come into play in your life because it must have been about a similar kind yes, of time yes it was it was so I mean she was always on my radar don't get me wrong <laughs> Like, even when you didn't, even when she wasn't famous, yeah, you somehow. Yeah, I knew there was something, something coming. Yeah, <laughs> from wherever she's from, I can't yeah. remember. Anyway, yeah, Kentwood, Louisiana. Thank you very much. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I remember her music videos, but it was, um, I mean, obviously, listeners know know of these references. It was the Onyx Hotel tour, which was her toxic phase. Yeah, her in the zone album, and. I don't know how, why or when, but managed to get tickets at uh, Wembley. And I went with a friend, Charlotte, who's a very, very good friend of mine. I went to her, her lesbian wedding earlier this year. Yay. Um, yeah, so she was also at Sylvia's with me and, mm-hmm. and also came out around the same time as I did. Um, but we went together and really the obsession began heavily then. Right. And I still think to this day, I mean, we all know that she's had her ups and downs. She has. You know, and then she's had a couple more downs. Yeah. You know, we but, know. But we appreciate that. Yeah. We yeah. like that. We're there for her yeah. through those Yeah, times. even when the hair was shaved yeah. and all that. It's, as times. far as I'm concerned, rock and roll. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, the moment she came out, it was toxic was the opening number. I mean, the wind machine was in her hair. <laughs> I literally, it blew my mind that it wasn't just music, it was sort of, a, it was a show. Uh-huh. And I still to this day think, through her ups and downs, that she is like the best performer I have ever seen. Like oh, even okay. through musical theatre and, and, you know, everything I've seen. Because dear listeners, that's where we're going because Dale's... <laughs> For those of you who don't know, and you should know, Google Dale Page... <laughs> Dale's world is musical theatre a lot of and a yeah. lot of straight theatre which we will come to yeah. later straight well we'll use that word loosely yeah but hey but don't however... tell them about <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> not yet but anyway but Britney was more gave more of an impression laid more of an impression yes on your on yes. your and I honestly feel like teenage she... mind yeah she, and I feel like she taught me because I feel like for a long time you sort of, particularly when I was at that age, I went into class, it was a singing class, so okay. I was so concentrating on the singing, or it was a tap class, so I was looking down at my feet, mm-hmm. and I honestly feel like she taught me how to perform, to actually mm-hmm. translate the time step mm-hmm. into the face. It's, right. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, 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 completely. Which is why a... it was so heartbreaking when that fire that taught me so much in her eyes... When she lost that, uh-huh. that was that was that was tough. I know it was tough for us all to see <laughs> it that. Was. We did. We went through it. We went through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, no. But actually, you're right. And there, I think everybody, not everybody, a lot of the people I've spoken to, spoken to, mm. and myself, mm. there is always somebody who you kind of go, I mark myself by by the way they, how would they? Yeah. yeah. It's always that. But, and it's a bit of a cliche that people do that but I think I probably had it obviously I had it with men like Boy George and people like that but then I suppose my equivalent and we've Madonna. discussed it is Madonna oh yes so yeah yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm a bit worried that she's doing things that perhaps 
she might not she might regret in a couple mm. of years at the mm. moment but anyway I still love her but yeah. anyway Brittany yes. inspired and you're you're now at Sylvia Young and yes. now you're starting to come into yourself partly because of her yes She's partly because you. of her yes so I mean I, if, if I'm entirely honest I didn't have a great time then yeah it, uh, you know I was sort of being rejected by this guy and it was my first sort of feeling for another guy and yeah. you know I wasn't sort of considered very talented because I was sort of quite lanky and, and my voice had broken and I you know I wasn't you know I'd come from this school where I was the only boy mm-hmm. so you know I, I was the best hooray me yeah. yeah and then I and I literally was the worst I mean you know I'm happy to say I'm I'm not that shit anymore. But I, <laughs> I can't believe you ever were, but anyway. I mean, I mean, I should have brought some school reports, perhaps. <laughs> but, yeah. I think I got better, but it took me a long time, particularly because I was like a soprano singer, mm-hmm. that when my voice broke, it wasn't just that I lost that soprano. It was like that... Now that translates into my falsetto, which I can use now. Yeah, yeah. But it was like I never really, I really lost my identity as a singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had to find it again. Yeah, and I had a range of about three notes. Right. Um, and of course, all the kids around me who were half my height mm-hmm. were were getting um, jobs in the West End. They were all mm-hmm. the kids in the West End and going for all these castings. But I was already, you know, six foot when I was. Yeah, 15 yeah, so I, I wasn't a cute little kid yeah, anymore yeah. Um, and also there's all the extracurricular things I was never picked for um, again, I, you know again I, ju- I just wasn't very good right like I I couldn't pick up the routine quicker than everybody else but then probably could... partly because you were you'd gone through a massive change physically yeah. which then affects it mentally, which then is going to affect what you do as a performer. Yeah. And especially at that age, it's tough. Yeah. Life's and tough I, anyway. Yeah. I, I feel like I was far too young mm. to appreciate what I was being taught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because at that point, I'd done, I'd done it as a hobby so much mm-hmm. that it was like when I was getting constructive feedback, it was personal. Mm. And I remember one singing teacher, we were singing Gethsemane from mm-hmm. uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. And he was sort of singing it and, and saying to me, oh, you've got a really high voice, you should be able to sing this part. Mm. And me not un- not understanding, well, I, I can't. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know why I can't. And no one was ever able to teach me why or explain to me why. Yeah. So that I think, and I was far too young to translate that into anything positive, yeah. really. So what anything that anybody was te- would teach you about vocal stuff just wasn't able. It just wouldn't mm. sit with you at that point. No, well, I ahead. think it was. I put my trust in them as teachers, but looking yeah. back, I don't think they knew how to because we never had one-to-one singing lessons. It right. was, you know, I did. I mean, I still do have quite a high pitch to my mm. speaking voice, mm-hmm. but I am a bass baritone, mm-hmm. and even when I sing, I think I sound like I have. Like I sound like I'm a tenor, I just don't have that. Range. But your range now is like massive, though, right? Well, well I'm still a bass baritone, well, a, a barry tenor, but uh-huh. I have falsetto. Yeah, I was going to say that's definitely. So I yeah, so I I do have a good range, but 
if so you... what point did you find that what point did you find the falsetto then Hmm. We've probably jumped ahead, but just out. Yeah, this wasn't until voice. so after Sylvia's when I went to the Brit school. Yes. I I mean that was a trauma in itself because <laughs> because I auditioned for. So you left Sylvia's when you were sixteen. Right. So you were too young to sort of go to drama schools and take a degree. Yeah. Um, and a lot of my friends at that point were going to dance schools and and. Places like Birds, London Studios, mm. um, Lanes, places like that. Mm-hmm. And I knew by this point I wasn't going to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. I knew that my thing was singing and acting. Mm. So I sort of auditioned for those places and I got into a couple of places, but um, not with funding and certainly wasn't in a position to, to pay for that. Yeah. Um, so I ended up and auditioned for the Brit School and got in and it was an unpaid you don't pay for the the place. Yeah. And at the time, I sort of remember thinking, oh, this is really my only choice. Um, It's the only place that I've got into that I can afford to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking back, I... It was actually the best thing that could have happened. Right. Because I went... In the two years that I did there, I learnt to dance again in my my new lanky body. Mm Mm-hmm. And I had one-to-one singing lessons and I learnt to sing with a broken voice. Mm-hmm. And I was... I sort of... I'm reluctant to sort of say it. It sounds a bit arrogant. But I was, I, was, I was liked by the staff and mm-hmm. I was one of the, the good, maybe, yeah. maybe better people in, yeah. in that year. Oh, no, say it. If it's it's um, true. Say it, yeah. So... It was a positive experience, and yeah. I, and I sort of went, oh, I am, I'm, I'm talented. Oh, this is new to me. Stomach. Is... Sorry, just so you know, there isn't a cat with us. <laughs> My stomach is just growling, and I've been fed. Anyway, just to apologise for that, in the middle of this really quite interesting moment, <laughs> Dale, please continue. Mm. So yeah, so the, yeah, the Brit School, I'm very thankful for, because at the time, to- I mean, I, I really was. I remember auditioning for London Studio Centre and getting to sort of being really surprised that I'd got to the final stage of the audition process and it was sort of an interview. Mm. And I mean, I was, I mean, was I 15 or 16? I think I would have turned 16 in the summer. So I probably was 15. And I, I was so surprised that I got this far because mm. I knew I wasn't a dancer mm-hmm. and I considered London Studio Centre at that point one of the best schools I could have gone to at mm-hmm. that point and I got to that interview stage and they said they were really pleased with my audition but they weren't going to accept me they thought I was too young and they wanted me to go and maybe take some A-levels or do something for two years and come okay. back and to live some sort yes of, basically yeah. Which, absolutely right, but mm. at the time, I was distraught. Mm. I mean, Because yeah. it was I, a plan. Yeah, and I apologised to those people that interviewed me because I, I, I cried in that room. God. Oh, tough. It was tough. tough. Yeah, was well, tough no, time. I mean, you know, absolutely. But that's a real... <laughs> see, I think the thing is, uh, I've talked to so many entertainers, I wouldn't say entertainers, performers, because not everybody's been strictly an actor. Mm. Um 
but to do it that at that age at that level however good you are is a tough mental challenge for a child turning into a teenager turning into an adult that's mm. a really so I think the fact that you were doing that anyway you're going through so much as a human yeah to then put that in that context that and the rejection mm. oh my goodness I mean yeah. brave brave yeah yeah I mean absolutely you know looking back absolutely and, and I'm thankful because I think that would have thrust me down a path that would have been even more difficult mm. if I'd if I'd graduated with a dance school on my CV. I think I would have. I think that was absolutely not the path, mm-hmm. of, you know. But I was so grateful because I went to the Brit School and had that and had yeah. a wonderful time there, and I met some of my best friends there. Yeah. Um, and then after the Brit School, I um went to Mountview. And these all, like were consecutively following each other you didn't have any periods you was just literally from school to school to school yeah yeah so from that's incredible yeah from the age of 13 to the age of 21 i trained wow which yeah was yeah intense intense and and sort of sort of solidified this idea that there was nothing else i could do Mm -hmm. like you know i've put so much time into doing this that Mm. when I graduated from Mountview it was I really felt like I didn't have any other skills because you know the last time I took a qualification other than performance was GCSEs Mm -hmm. yeah and who asks you in a in an audition (laughs) what you got in your maths GCSE science which was an A star by the way (laughs) (laughs) just saying (laughs) Uh-huh. If anyone is interested, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the CV will be available. Yeah. We will have links to it uh, <laughs> at the end because <laughs> she's always on the lookout. You'll be impressed. You'll be impressed. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, so Mountview for you. Mm. So another kind of another level Did, from the Brit School where you were really happy. How what how was Mountview for you? Mountview for our listeners in the US because there's lots of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what would be? A, can you think of an American? contemporary to Mountview um... Um, well I, I I wouldn't like to speculate mm. and, and comment on the standard of training yes. in the US but but it's probably well certainly at the time um, and don't wish to insult anyone mm-hmm. but one of the best courses in musical theatre in London yeah. um, probably uh, Mountview um, Guildford School of Acting um, for musical theatre probably at that point, I mean, this was 2007. Yeah. Probably, yeah. you know... One of the best. Yeah. A lot of people, especially at that time, uh, well, even now, I guess, mm. even now, mm. a lot of people that you will see on uh, in programmes, if you come and visit and spend your money and watch shows <laughs> in the West End, not just on Broadway, mm. you will also note there's a lot of people from... This, this is one of the schools that, are, that is regularly there... Mm. Um, and I know lots of people from so uh, and who are all very successful happy people in one way or another <laughs> mm. happy <laughs> happy um, yes no yeah. it's but anyway it's a good school so yeah, yes yeah. so from Brit school where you were really settled yeah. and you found your feet uh, to Mountview so how was mm. how was Mountview I I loved training at Mountview yeah 
I I had sort of two or three friends that came from the Brit school with me. We all got in together. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Okay. Which was, yeah, where one of my best friends, Carly, um, came with me. Right. Um, so that having a group of people that I knew was, was really helpful. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, again, when I, I mean, it's eight years since I graduated. Looking back now, I think I, I took it for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, I think I was of the mindset that it was school. Yeah. You know, it was the routine of, oh, this, you know, this is, this is life. It's school. It's obligatory. Uh-huh. Whereas now I think, God, I wish I'd been open to learning so much more because I, I think I sort of sat yeah. back and was like, you teach, you teach me how mm-hmm. to be good. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I trained again now, I would relish every single oh, moment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel the same. Yeah. I think most people, it doesn't, it doesn't even, not even talk about acting necessarily, but any one you finish training university that you can always look back and go, God, I wish I'd been more attentive yeah, or yeah, I absolutely. used it to its fullest extent because you don't and you're also busy being a young person yeah and so <laughs> we yes, are jumping yes. all around yes. but Mountview at this point uh, so you'd moved so so actually so you were at yeah. school you were living in where were you living so one of my friends Charlotte who yeah. got married earlier this year right um, who I met at Sylvia's I lived with her who lived near the Brit school mm-hmm. I stayed with her for um, probably a year, probably just le- yes, less than a year, mm-hmm. um, for my first year at the Brit School, and then I actually commuted from Hertfordshire, okay, um, right the way through to yeah. Croydon, yeah, for my second year, and then my first year at Mountview, I lived at home because mm-hmm. Mountview's in North London, so that that was quite an easy oh, yeah, journey, of course, yeah, um, and then my second and third year, I, I moved out and lived with mm-hmm. people in in Woodgreen and the surrounding areas. So at what point did you first go out into a... Had you gone to anywhere, to, to, to a gay venue, to a pub, to a club, to yes. a place yes. prior? So when was the first time... So my friend Charlotte, who yes. in the Pizza Hut in Marylebone, one lunchtime... Actually, before this happened, yes. she asked... I said... I always pride myself on having a, a fucking good gay dar. Yeah. And... I remember her saying to me, do you, oh, who else do you think's gay in our year? Mm. And I said, you know, this this guy, this guy. And she said, do you think any girls are gay? And I said, yeah, there are a couple of people that I thought might be gay. I, do, I don't know if they are anymore. Perhaps that's another Google we should Google. do. But I, I said to her, I'm, you know, I, I don't think you are anymore, but I, I used to think you were. And she sort of laughed it off. Ha, ha, ha. And then a couple of weeks later in Pizza Hut, she, she came out to me. Uh, um, and and she's a gorgeous human being, um, but she was like my clubbing buddy for many years. Okay. So when we were probably sixteen, maybe seventeen. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. <laughs> I we went to Candy Bar. Yes. The first gay bar I ever went to. So um, again, listeners, Candy Bar was for well, was it was a women? It was a woman's bar. Yeah. But gay men were allowed in as guests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was I, yeah, it was considered a, a sort of lesbian bar. Yeah. And yeah, we. I think I must have photoshopped my passport. 
<laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I think I did that. Yeah, I must have done. To age yourself up not to be a lesbian. Yo, oh, not to be a lesbian. <laughs> I think that's going you... a long way just to get in to have a drink. But... If you saw my passport photo, uh-huh. you would be mistaken, I'm sure. I'm sure you'd okay. think I was a lesbian. <laughs> it's it's something to behold. <laughs> it really is. But yeah, so I changed I changed the date wow. so that I was yeah. And it worked, surprisingly. Uh-huh. I really didn't think it would. But by, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm often told I look much younger than I am now. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, yes you do. Well, thank you. Just saying it again. <laughs> Google the pictures. Google. But when, I mean, you know, when I was, I mean, I still got ID'd for alcohol in Tesco. <laughs> but when I was oh, yeah, me too. 17. Yeah. Like, I sort of think, God, how young must I have looked then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and these people were still letting letting me into bars, but yeah. So that was your first. That was experience. my first experience. Yeah. And did you encounter? Were there many men in there that night? Because I've been there a few times with female friends, and there there was there was actually quite a. Mm. There was a wall. I remember seeing a wall where men sort of stood along this wall. It was like the men's wall. Oh right. Maybe you didn't see that. Maybe mm. it was just that one night. Mm. But anyway, yeah. okay. Well, I remember my friend, my friend Charlotte and I met, there was a woman at the bar, um, uh, seemed to think her name was Rita, um, and maybe that was a different time. We came back again and there was a, there was a woman called Lyca, mm-hmm. um, because I remember giggling with Charlotte that we were saying, yeah, I sort of like her, but I don't like Lyca, Lyca. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sort of level of humour when I was in my teens. And it still is, and it should be. <laughs> Stick with it. But I remember she had a friend um, who I made out with in the bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he gave me an awful hickey. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that I remember. But, yeah. So that was that was bar one. So when did you yeah. first go into a, to a, to an, to an all-male space? Hmm. I think it was G.A.Y. bar. Mm-hmm. Possibly the same night we went to Candy Bar. Right, We possibly right. moved round. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, to be honest, I don't remember specifically. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I used to go to G.A.Y. bar a lot. Okay. Um, particularly, well, when I mean, when I was living with Charlotte, we used to go out and even really when I started Mountview, still used to go out with that group of friends uh-huh. um, because a lot of my female friends at Mountview were straight. Um, so okay. it didn't interest them so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but Charlotte, by that point, were, um, had sort of had a couple of girlfriends and she sort of, uh, she's going to hate me for saying this, but like, you know, put on a bit of weight and cut her hair and sort of went through a sort of grungy phase. Um, and we used to go out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, to be honest, I used to spend a lot of time drinking rosé wine <laughs> and just making out with everyone. <laughs> I mean, that you know. And I'm sure there was a lot of Britney. In... Oh my goodness, there was so much I mean, Britney. Yeah. that's what I would associate that bar with. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Probably not anymore because she's too old for the people <gasps> who go there now. I know. I don't know if they'll be listening to... That physically hurt me. I know, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> who would they listen to now I don't know I've not been into G.A.Y. bar for so long because no, I, I just uh, I just feel like an old creaky 
I don't know. I'm sure Britney is there occasionally, yeah, but anyway, so. we'll, we'll, so. we'll, we'll think about that. I mean, it was it was your Rihanna's. It was steps. 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 Yeah, steps. I'm, but they're back again. Bloody love steps. Back again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, when I first started going out, Astoria was still about. Um, oh, like Astoria. the proper, yeah. yeah, the club. I mean, yeah, that's a sort of hazy memory. Oh, those um, were the days. Yeah, I remember when it was called something else. For the older listeners, before it was GAY, it was called Bang. Mm. Google it. <laughs> Google it. Google it. Seriously, is this is this episode sponsored by Google? <laughs> yeah, no, it should be. <gasps> there we go. There we go. Uh, please, if anyone's listening. Yeah. I, I can mention it over and over mm-hmm. and how useful it is because they really need ad- they need yeah. advertising, don't they? Yeah. Anyway, bang, <laughs> yes, um, yes, and it did what it said on the tin. Yeah, it worked. Mm. Um, but yes, so gay then became gay, and then there was a bar. Yeah, and then there was gay late. Gay late. Yeah, spent a lot of time in there. Yeah, I mean there was ghetto around that time. Oh was, yes. Um, I mean I I used to go out a hell of a lot. Um, Particular, I mean, this is sort of moving forward a bit, but particularly when I graduated and started working front of house mm-hmm. was my mm-hmm. sort of in between job. For a long time, used to finish work at half ten, go to a club. Well, mm-hmm. we start off with a, you know, we'd say we'll just go out for one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how it starts, you know. And then it was two, and then to a club, and we used to stay up all night, get the first train home. Get up in the afternoon, go to work, and repeat the and cycle. Repeat and rinse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, to be honest, I look back at that time, and I miss it. No, completely. I mean, no, I've, I've, I had the same, and I was saying to Dale, and I've said to you, listeners as well, that I've had those years where it was just about that. It was just yeah. about doing gay things and just earning money to pay for, yeah, for fun. Yeah, really which is was. fine. I just think it's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. For, for a certain period of time. Yeah. Not forever. I mean, I met my... I remember my first sort of proper boyfriend. Mm. I remember being in GOI bar. Mm. And... I mean, you, you sort of... Uh, when I was that the sort of ugly, talentless <laughs> child at Sylvia's, as even though I grew older and sort of became more comfortable, there was still like that... That boy was still part of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in GOI, when the sexiest guy in the club was like eyeing me up... Mm-hmm. I was literally like, he's not looking at me. He's not looking at me. It's the painting on the wall behind. Yeah. Yeah. And this this chap subsequently became my first sort of proper boyfriend. Right. Um, sort of had a two and a half year relationship with the guy. Um, right. But like, I mean, it depends. And that's from a bar. See, that's... Yeah. Before? Well, definitely before Grinder. That was before Grinder. yeah. Yeah. So it would have been only... Gaydar probably well Gaydar would have existed but yeah, yeah. Grinder and that stuff didn't really exist no we then. weren't in the realms of that yet no. but that I remember I was with a group of friends and sort of it was a bit unsociable to sort of you know go over and chat to the guy mm. so I remember leaving and sort of giving mm-hmm. him like a sorry buddy but we're going yeah then later we were in pop stars oh love pop stars yeah and he walked in and and yeah the magic, the magic happened from there. Two it was like years. fate that that he came back into that bar. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how deep. We're Are you gonna... still in touch with him? No, I'm... no, no. He's very sweet, but you know, I was very young, and it was the beginning of some problems for me. That relationship. Well, yeah, yeah, right, okay. I, I mean, 
post uh, after this guy that was at Sylvia's that mm-hmm. sort of sort of you know had butterflies for I really mm-hmm. felt like I whatever I was feeling I dis- would describe as love for this other guy mm-hmm. and I remember going to meet his parents for Christmas the year that we met mm-hmm. and on the on the train journey up I'd he sort of had his laptop out and on Facebook I'd seen a sort of message from his ex and obviously mm-hmm. I knew the name of his ex because mm-hmm. Facebook yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the sort of title of the message was like Christmas meat or something like that sure so there's me like thinking I'm falling in love with this guy you know and he, he was absolutely so gorgeous mm-hmm. like I couldn't believe that you know a guy like him mm-hmm. you know wanted me and yeah like that really sort of was the beginning really of like my problems with anxiety and, yeah and, and like having issues with trust in a relationship mm-hmm. and you know I look back and I don't think any you know I don't think he cheated on me but I do think he was sort of still caught up with that the previous his ex mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately you know we did well for, for two years but I think that sort of poisoned it mm-hmm and I was always it was always in the back of my mind that yeah um, that he would be unfaithful yeah you know at, at some point because you know that's what happens kind of thing yeah yeah um, I mean well, I, I, if because I was we were chatting before we started recording and Dale said that he was quite happy to talk about because he's been through a bit of a ride with anxiety and and I've discussed with the listeners as well, so everyone knows yeah. it's, we're all we're all cool here to talk about it. So I, if you don't mind, we'll come back to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I do want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and I hate to use the word journey because yeah. everyone always attaches journey on the end of everything. And but yeah, that. Yeah. Um, so let's go through, and mm-hmm. because let's go through some some very positive things in your life because your career-wise, you've done a lot and you've travelled. And I was trying to remember, you told me a story. You were on tour in Australia yes. with um, Pirates, Pirates of Penzance, Penzance yeah, yeah, yeah. which was an all-male version. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, and you went to someone's house. Some You went to a film star's house and swam in her pool. Yes, Miss Kate Blanchard. That was it. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. So tell us your Kate Blanchard okay. story, because that's a fun So, one. I had the absolute pleasure, I mean... This is really what I'm so grateful. You know, there are moments of you know not happiness, but yeah, this was really a moment of being so grateful to be paid to do a show that I love with people I love and be paid to be in Australia and tour. I mean, it, and a good and a good quality show. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were touring. Most of us, uh, well, I mean, we we sort of did eight eight venues or mm. so, and we finished in Sydney, um, and it was being funded by Sydney Theatre, who, at the time, Kate Blanchett was the artistic director, or her husband was, but oh, they were certainly involved, yeah. and she she really liked the show and invited us over the cast for sort of food and a nice afternoon. Yeah, and yeah, we. we we got we got in her pool and um, I seem to remember her saying something like if we all farted we could have a spa <laughs> <laughs> so she has a sense of humour she does have a sense of humour but what she did say I mean this is sad that I'm I'm telling you this no, but it's fun. in the pool she sort of caught up with me and said 
that um, that I she enjoyed my performance and I was her favourite and that I I mean write it down stick it on a postcard she said I wasn't acting I was being oh from somebody who yeah. takes their job pretty seriously yeah. and does some good being herself yeah wow which is really the the sort of biggest tick in what I'm trying to achieve yep yeah. Particularly in a show where it is sort of comedy based and we are playing women, and well, yeah, exactly. You're yeah. saying you're playing a woman, yeah. and she's telling you you're, the truth is there. Yeah. So, so I, you know that I appreciate that, Kate. Thank you. Because um, she always listens. Yeah, yeah. On a weekly basis. I also think you're you're pretty good. Yeah, she's, you're she's all right. All right. <laughs> she's, she's all right, and she's doing okay. Yeah, she's doing okay. Yeah. Um. So the same company you did HMS Pinafore. That was the same. Yeah. Company. So we um. A couple of years later, we toured the UK with Pinafore. Yeah. And then the following year, we toured with Pirates in the UK. Oh, right. Yes, of course. You went back and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they did other productions. Um, they started at the, U- the Union Theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. And they toured with um, the Mikado this year, earlier this year. Right. Um, yes, I know a couple of people who auditioned for it, actually. Yeah. Um, but anyway um, that's for us to talk about and for you to wonder what we whispered about anyway (laughs) so um, and now let's go to uh, Harry Potter Harry Potter yes so this is I mean this is way back at Sylvia's so there you go yeah Um, and yeah it was basically the thing was there was a a list on the wall because the the agency Youngman's agency was based in the building at Sylvia's yeah and there was a list on the wall of everybody's name and if your name was highlighted then you had to go into the agency and they obviously had an audition for you or a mm-hmm. casting or something and I mean my name was never highlighted right I mean there was a guy called Chris Overton who said oh I know that name was after he does like showreels and stuff now and does right a bit of directing. that's probably why yeah um, yeah, yeah he so he was Chris Overton and I'm Dale Page so he was next to me on the register mm-hmm. and his name was always highlighted mm-hmm. so I was like it's me no no it's not it's Chris oh but this one time I was yeah highlighted and yeah it was for the third Harry Potter film The Prisoner of Azkaban yeah and basically yeah it wasn't really a casting it was just a fitting essentially right um, and yeah I did a handful of scenes for that film which and really cool. which scenes can we find you in? Just so. Oh goodness, I mean a couple of great difficult. hall scenes. Yeah. The main scene is the scene with the hippogriff, which is when okay. they sort of go down into the um, the forest and Hagrid introduces them to the hippogriff, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sort of in the back. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, most of the other but, scenes are. There's my shoulder. Yeah, 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 yeah. My... yeah. Um, but that was a great experience. They asked me to do the fourth film. Um, but at that point, I said, you know, I'm really going to concentrate on my GCSEs. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, you know, why? Because... Yeah, I think that was probably wise. But... <laughs> I mean, yeah, so A star, to... yeah, A star in maths. It's going to say, <laughs> let's not forget. <laughs> totally worth it. Totally but no, worth no, it's just that it's fun that you had that experience, and yeah. at a young age, it's good for, especially to what hopefully will come ahead in life. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean it was a great to be part of that yeah like that saga because as well I mean again I was 13, 14 yeah even at that point after the I mean we were filming the third film I don't think I 
really acknowledged the what it was the gravity of what yeah. I was part of yeah um, so yeah I am really pleased to have yeah. that and also afterwards we did um, oh this will make people laugh this yeah people laugh. Um, I don't know if you know this go on I did a voiceover after the filming yeah um, yeah and so it's just sort of bullshit things like send me an owl in certain scenes uh-huh. but that same scene with the hippogriff uh-huh. there's a moment when uh, Neville Longbottom gets uh-huh. attacked by his book because uh-huh. he doesn't sort of open it correctly and there's a voiceover of a very high pitched voice of the book no of my voice okay saying don't be such a wimp Longbottom <laughs> and oh okay okay you can hear you can okay. hear it, you can hear it quite well and I mean, it haunts my life <laughs> because it really is like me, 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 me. Well, we're going to be having a look at that. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> amazing. But no, but yeah. but there are so many kids. I mean, kids, thirteen-year-olds who would have loved to have been in your position. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and would still love to be in your. Would have been in the position you were in then. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. For 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 a young man, young yeah, yes, oh yeah, man. young man, boy. <laughs> Old boy, young man. Anyway, yeah. So, spring awakening. Oh yes, spring awakening. So let's talk about that because I know there's a lot of my listeners who know that show particularly well. So, um, yeah. so tell me about your experience on that. What? Who did you play? Uh, I played uh, Georg Zerschnitz. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I I loved that show. Um, it really was like ticking off um, something on the bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a small UK tour um, with a company called Cellador um, that at that time um, were sort of just starting out with touring and mm. um, but now are doing really, really well, yeah. touring all sorts and Jersey Boys, they're touring and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think they do a lot of work in Hong Kong as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I worked with um, a, choreographer, a choreographer called Cressida Carre, who is very talented. Um, and Pete Gallagher, who directed, um, really was like one of those, just one of those directors. Um, to be honest, like like Joe, you really... Picked... Who was the man who hopefully is listening to this and who directed us in a play that we'll talk about yes, know, shortly. Yes. But yeah. Yeah, Pete, just one of those directors where you just felt invincible to mm-hmm. do, to experiment and everything was the right answer. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. He just had, even as a, even as a human being, mm-hmm. just made you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um. He is just a good soul, is Pete. Mm. And also, I appreciated Cressida's um, choreography because I'm one of these people that I find choreography quite difficult um, to sort of understand, particularly when it's pirouettes for the sake of pirouettes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really seemed rooted in the story and, and why, yeah, and it, the why it was relevant. Yeah. Um, which I appreciated, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, she's immensely talented, um, and a really talented cast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, really proud to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. And your favourite song is? Oh, don't. Um, <laughs> oh goodness. While he's thinking, mm-hmm. keep thinking. If you haven't listened to it, you probably should. Mm. Even if you're not a massive musical theatre fan, you don't need to be because it's some of it stands alone outside of that genre. Yeah, I would say it translates. It does translate. It's actually. very teen angst. It's yeah, very sort yeah, of, yeah, yeah. 
Um, I don't. I love the finale song of Purple Summer. Uh, there we go. Um, but yeah, there's so many great songs. Yeah, you should. If you don't, then do. And if you do, then you know. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are so many things. There are many credits. I'm going to whiz through. Um, so then, uh, your moment on television, chasing the dream. Oh goodness, yes. We will go back to when we met and the shows mm. related to Mr. Joseph Walsh. But yes, yeah, yeah. so how, what was that that experience? So was... that was with Pete, this same director, Pete Gallagher. Ah, um, oh, okay. He collaborated with a guy called Danny Davies, who sort of wrote this musical or, or sort of had a, a concept that the, the musical was the contestant in Britain's Got Talent. Yes, that, right, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So... It was it, it, the producers struggled to fathom that because they wanted the same cast every time, but people were unavailable and mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, and it, really the the contestant was the material. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it was. I would describe it as an eye-opening experience mm-hmm. because Pete and Danny really stuck by their guns with what they wanted to do, and I don't think the producers liked that. Right. Um, I mean, when we, I mean, we got to set the live semi-finals, so we did. I we remember did, you yeah. telling us, and we watched it. I remember. Yeah. Remember. I mean, it was, you know, it was, it was a musical. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't groundbreaking, but this, this semi-final, Pete and Danny wanted to do a certain number. Mm. It was quite a dark number, mm-hmm. and the producer said, "No, no, I think we, you need to do something more accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something lighter, and we'll, we'll." You know, we'll give you a ticker tape and we'll give you this and we'll give yeah. you that. So I think they they fought and fought, but in the end they, they gave in and did this other number mm-hmm. to which we were buzzed. Mm-hmm. And the feedback was that it was too cheesy. And, right. you know, and it, it was the sort of hierography of the fireworks and basically attacked exactly what they'd asked us to do. Right, 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 of course. So... Right. You know, I, but I I commend Pete and Danny. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they're very talented people, and and Danny does other bits and bobs and, and writes other things. And, yeah. But again, I, yeah, and I I do, that's what I would I yeah the, that the diplomatic was, way was I yeah yeah and you came face to face with the cowl yes which is you know something in itself a treat a treat <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go there because yeah. we all we all know what that looks like on television <laughs> wherever in the world we are. <laughs> Um, so yes, actually, let's just go back. Um, I'm going to be aware of the time. Oh, we're okay. We're okay. Mm-hmm. We've got a few. We've got a few more minutes because I want to. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to uh, pay Dale with a pint of wine shortly. Oh yes. Um, so the show that we met on was 2012. Yes. And it was a play called Lilies. Yes. Which was uh, also where I met Dave David, whose wedding I was at this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um. And Andrew, who's also been a guest, was in. Yeah, Andrew. And anyone else we know. But yes, um, that experience was... And that wasn't a musical. It wasn't. Um, it was a play with singing. There was, there was there a was, bit of there singing. Was, there was a little bit of singing. Yeah. There was a little bit of singing. Yeah. Um, but really, it was about the drama. It was. Um, and just so you know, dear listeners, my experience of working with Mr. Page on stage was that um, care and attention are paid and ears are opened and listening is done 
and when you're talking to another actor who's actually listening or paying attention to what you're doing because sometimes they don't and we know some who will remain nameless who don't hear a word that anyone else is saying mm -hmm. um, that however Dale did and uh, I really appreciated though we had one scene where we had to watch our friend David uh, in a bath naked and carry yes. on yeah. Uh, a scene which you know of course as actors you have to do but yeah. uh, it was all very mature we just got on it was it. and you know I, I I tell you the truth I never ever looked in that scene at his yeah see you his, did look at people but not at yeah. his doobie yeah because really the whole crux of the scene was that I that oh, I crux <laughs> TV sorry yes <laughs> the, the, the idea was that I couldn't look yes exactly so, and, you know, uh, I spent the entire play basically smooching his face. Yeah. But in that scene, I never looked. Yeah. Which is a shame. <laughs> I wish I had. Wasted opportunities. Yes. Yeah. Um, the audience, definitely. Oh, yes, it. definitely. But yeah, that I... But yeah, so that was, that's where, and we, we, we kind of went, ah, uh, we can talk about, we talked about Britney and Madonna, but then we talked about life. Mm. Um and our friend Susan Winter was producing. Yes. And yeah. so we had a lovely time and we did it in London and we yeah. did it in Dublin and we had a lovely time in Dublin. We did. Um, but yes, so that yeah. was my first experience of Dale and I'd seen you in The Laramie Project but I hadn't worked with you. Yeah. Again, The Laramie Project with Joe Walsh. Yes. Um, Both shows directed by Joseph Walsh. Yeah. So I, when I was at Mountview... Um, Joe directed me in the in West Side Story. Yes, yes, of course. And I fell in love with him. He, I, it was sort of dual cast, and one of the casts I played Action, mm -hmm. and the other cast I played uh, Snowboy. Both, mm -hmm. both them um, Jets. Mm -hmm. And what sort of came from the rehearsal process action actually became quite quite a bigger part than he is um just through i don't even know how it, I, i've never felt so it's a testament to joe really but i've never felt so comfortable with a transformation that is isn't really like me mm -hmm. you know that you sort of think when approaching roles wouldn't it be nice to just have something that's not too dissimilar mm -hmm, to me mm -hmm. so that i can you know, I'm not concentrating on this transformation. Yeah. But this part, I've never felt so comfortable in, like, someone else's skin. Mm, mm. To the point where, I mean, we we did impros and all things through the, the rehearsal process where I felt like I had such a grip on who he was mm. that I, re I really loved that show and playing that part. Yeah. Um, but I think Joe... I think you'll spoil if you ever get to work with Joe. He, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I've definitely learnt that through, you know, you know, relatively small amount of time in this industry mm. and mm -hmm. working with other directors is realising how important having a good director is. Oh, yeah. And how, you know... Under, and a director underneath... and not a dictator. Yeah. Yeah, we're all, we're all you know, in some level worrying about whether we're doing it right and whether we've you know we've all got low self-esteem and we want to get it right well I do I yeah know, yeah you know. and Joe just has yeah. this way of 
making you feel like anything's right. Everything's yeah. right, and if he and if he has some feedback, he he'll discuss it with you. And he's also open to the idea that that you say, "Oh, you know, he does this in Act Two, so perhaps that can inform mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what he's like in Act One, mm-hmm. sort of thing." No, you're right because it's not. It doesn't always happen. No, um, and sometimes. And that's a choice of a director and that's the way they work and they just want to tell you their vision and they've got the vision in the head and then the vision is translated through you and that's what you do and that's your job sometimes. But it's nice when you have the opportunity to to, to work in hand, co-work with a director and it's not just that. Um, Yeah, no, completely. I've done two shows with them as well. Same feeling. I think everybody who works with him comes out with that feeling like, oh. I mean, the Lowry Project was like my first project out of drama school. And, right, and again, I was just spoiled. It was the play is so moving. It's something close to my heart. Mm. It was one of those shows where, in the curtain call, people would stand up, and you'd think, "I'm changing people's lives." You know, mm-hmm. I know that sounds mm-hmm. wank. No, but that, no, no, you no. Know, but that's that particular the dream. show that's, is, yeah. That, that you know, I don't need to tell any of the listeners. If you don't know, have a look. Uh, Matthew Shepard and Laramie Project but anyway it's a, yeah. I'm sure most people do know what we're talking about mm. yeah incredible so no it does it is because to tell that story a lot of people in the UK mm. knew bits through gay press but didn't really know the full story and I think it told it very well and very honestly and painfully and yeah yeah, yeah. but then similarly to work with Joe again in Lilies yeah. was a treat I mean that that feeling of the family of the of the company you yeah. know and it's just I mean, it's just wanker, I was playing it? a crazy old lady mm. basically of a, a lady with essentially now I've realised she had dementia mm. and I kind of did always kind of think oh is that what it is don't want to give it a label mm. but now I'm like now afterwards I'm like she had dementia I totally get it yeah um, crazy old lady um, and you were the love interest of my son. Yes. It was, it sounds bizarre, mm. but there is a film. There is a film. It's very good. It's very good. Yes. Um, starring the man who came to see us do it in yeah. Dublin, which was a, a moment in life that I won't forget. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, but, but that was... Um, a very, a very important time, and as I said, I wouldn't have known you now, and I wouldn't yeah. know David, and um, yeah, and other friendships were solidified, I suppose. So yeah, yeah uh, a good. I think it's like the the people that have uh, remained my friends throughout the years. It is silly, but it's the people that have the same idea of acting. I know that sounds silly, mm. but when I did Spring Awakening. There was a very clear... I mean, I loved everybody, but there was a very clear divide between... Uh, well, it was socially as well as the way we approached acting. Mm. And I don't think it's a coincidence that my social group, we all had the same views on what acting should be. Yeah. And that, it, you know, it's based in truth and all that kind of stuff. And I think that it's like a mutual respect for that's the way we view it and mm-hmm. also what you achieve with that. Mm-hmm. And again, it you know, it, it's silly, but, but just being with you on stage and looking into your eyes and and f- f- trusting that that we we get it yeah and 
it's safe to do different things because there's that mutual sort of respect. Yeah. And again, God, we sound like we're wanking off, but yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> when we are, um, but no, but there is this, there's some real no, but there's some truth in it, and it's actually really important. When people see these films, these wonderful films, we go, "Why is that incredible? Why is why are we watching that from the outside and go? Why is that moving? Why is that scene with those two people so moving? Why does it touch a nerve? It's because they're connecting. Mm. But that's a simple thing, and people don't mm. always do that on stage. And when you're in the situation and it's your job, and someone else is on the same wavelength and there is a connection you go right thank goodness yeah because it doesn't always happen yeah yeah because also you trust that the audience will see that and 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 be moved because it's something real yeah but also in a selfish way it feels much more real for for an individual to know that it's spontaneous and it is well that's it exactly and if it's real for uh, for a performer if it's re- if it's that, if they're that and they're in that moment and it's all connecting with them, then it's gonna hopefully that can only make an audience's experience better. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> that's another podcast just about acting. <laughs> um, so let's just talk before we go any further because we're not talk about heroes and stuff. So uh, going back to your anxiety, because I say I've talked about mine a lot. So you've had a rough ride for various different reasons. Yeah, um, and how has that affected you? Uh, how has this affected your work and your day-to-day life? Hmm. I... So when I first identified it, it was probably only a couple of years ago. Yeah. But now that I have identified it, I realised that back when I first met this chap, when I saw this message on his computer, that that feeling of fight or flight... Yeah. I, I now can identify that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, the stuff happened with my parents around that time that, that make it very textbook. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't until several years after that where I was in a rehearsal um, for a Christmas show that I do and I was sort of catatonic. Mm. Uh, just like consumed by this feeling which I can I t- entirely identify to a, as a different thing to nerves, like it's different to going to an audition or starting a show. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, anyone that's that's yeah. had it will know that that fight or flight feeling that you can't you know control. Yeah. And so I, I had some counselling and I've had some therapy since. Um, but yeah, it sort of never really got to the root of it. And I re- I've recently just come out of a relationship of three years, which was, you know, it's a shame to look back on it and think like this, but it was it was quite a toxic relationship mm. in that it was a real catalyst for my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And towards the end, I um, was becoming very depressed. And even, and even uh, after the relationship ended, um, sort of continued down this very negative path, um, which I thought at the time would... Um, if we broke up, then then all these symptoms would go because you know he he was making me anxious and mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. deciding that it, that the problem was the relationship, and then when I came out of it, realised that it wasn't. And mm. I'd have to deal with it anyway, which I have which I have subsequently done. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm quite happy to say that I take medication. Yeah. Um, and I've had some CBT since, which has been really beneficial. Absolutely. Because I was quite um, re- not reluctant, but I was you know 
suspicious. Yeah, and I think that's probably not unhealthy to, to, mm. to question stuff before you go into it because you should know if you're not quiz- inquisitive yeah. you just say yes to everything then that's probably not going to be helpful yeah, yeah. so yeah but I mean you know any, anyone listening that's thinking about it if, if you do if you study CBT and you just take one of the tools from it mm-hmm. you know that, that then that helps to be honest I only take there's one that is really the crux of what's helped me mm. um, but yes I think it's partly relationships for me but it's also I mean before we started recording we were talking about yeah. this it's that the lifestyle of acting going to these auditions and the sort of rejection and the constant questioning of why 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 Mm. putting that in the back of your mind and never really acknowledging it that sort of part of your brain gets so clogged up that eventually it does come to bite you in the arse yeah yeah and you have and you have to you do have to and not in the good way not in the good way not in the fun way not in the fun way that some of the other people have talked about arse biting on this podcast but no in all, uh, in all seriousness yeah it's it's. I think it's good to say because a lot of people a lot of and a lot of us do and they're not just I'm not just saying because we're LGBTQ whatever you want to call us that we will necessarily always struggle mm. but there is evidence for different reasons for different people at different ages and different times and different politics mm-hmm. that a lot of people do have uh, have issues and people are quite often afraid to tackle them and I think just you saying that even if it's just five minutes about us talking on a podcast is is useful that people do yeah. hear other people talking about it and other gay men talking about it um, and that it's 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 fine to go and and seek help and take medication and use CBT and whatever it is that, yeah. that takes to get you back on track so do you feel yeah. there's the question do you feel now that you are kind of on an even keel you're getting back you're yeah. finding your feet again And yes I think you know I have a lot of respect for the guy that I broke up with now that I'm outside of this relationship sure. but getting out of that relationship was the best thing that ever happened to me really mm-hmm. Um I don't think it was the cause of my anxiety and depression, but it was definitely a huge catalyst um, that was really hard to let go of at the time. But now, mm. you know, now that I'm away from it, I can see. And, uh, you know, who knows if it's if it's time or whether it is the medication. But I, you know, there were some dark times, but mm. we're not there anymore. Mm. And if that's down to the medication, then great. And I yeah. will continue to take it until such times as... No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you've been so you were saying to me that you recently had um, you had an audition for Cats. I did, yes. Um, and that your yeah. approach to that experience was slightly different to yeah to so, some in the past. Yeah, so I sang. I just sang one song, um, and as I as I tend to do, um, concentrate more on the acting really than hitting these notes and I, f- I fluffed a bit of the song and just sort of came in too early I think but the pianist didn't sort of join me as he could have done Yeah. so I sort of had this feeling like that was deliberate you know mm-hmm. he's done that deliberately mm-hmm. um, and the three people on the panel were sort of sitting there with their head in their hands mm-hmm. and not really interested and I sort of came out and I thought oh god like what a waste of time you know 
I wasn't in London at the time, so I, you know, paid thirty quid to get into London yeah. for five minutes in the door, um, in the room. But then I, I'm able to now think. To, well, to even just to realise how that's made me feel, and go well, actually, you know, that's their stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. But that is that's the thing you've. With, so presumably that's helped with the CBT and everything, but it's perspective. Yeah. And the perspective of all the things that that's the thing we all put so much on on moments in life, whether it be an audition, whether it be a job interview, whether it be meeting someone's mum for the first time, whether it be going to a wedding or Christmas, whatever it is, we put so much weight onto those things. And but it is actually sometimes about getting a perspective yeah. on it and taking yourself away from the usual path of thinking that we all do. But you can you can look at things a slightly different way, and I mean now you're yeah. not traumatized by that. No, no. And... But it's like I mean, yeah. worrying about the amount of energy we use, worrying about things we cannot control. Yeah. And you know I say that you know or the wisdom. No, I but... still do it. I still no, do of it. Of course. But it's it's just that first step of being aware and just going. I'm not in control of this. Mm-hmm. It is is it helps. Yeah, you know, and it's a constant, it's a constant struggle, but yeah, just to acknowledge how much energy you're putting into worrying about things that you cannot ever control, you and never will. You know, if yeah. you if you can let go of that, then do. No, absolutely. Yeah. Like I can't control my stomach that sounds like a cat <laughs> giving birth in the corner. <laughs> I've just got to go with it. Anyway, thank you, Dale, for a bit of honesty. Now, okay, yeah. so a few things before we wrap up. So okay. your heroes, as you were growing up, obviously we've talked about Britney. Yeah. We can, I think we've done Britney mm. for now. Yeah. Um, so other heroes from any walk of life, performance or just generally in life or family or who, mm. did, who did you look mm. up to? Um, I sort of rack my brains and I don't, see celebrities as I don't know whether it's because having the experiences that I've had Mm -hmm. and sort of brushing shoulders with these sorts of people whether that sort of diminishes their I don't know the uh, ideology of them but to be honest my parents exactly right okay um, they they are They've sort of grown up with me. Mm-hmm. Like they, by the time they were my age, they had three children. Mm. They had um, my older brother Christian would have been six, mm-hmm. and twin boys, mm. we would have been two years old. Yeah. So, you know, I think Jesus, if that was my life, and dealing with all the things that I've dealt with in the last few years, mm-hmm. you know yeah. that it's that. You know, and they that because they've grown up and dealt with it as well with mm-hmm. me, and they're still together after yeah. everything they've been through. And uh, I guess I still have faith in monogamy because of them. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I st- I'm lucky enough to have my uh, three of my grandparents. Um, right. My, my my dad's dad died about seven years ago mm-hmm. and he didn't know that I was gay but the rest of my well I think he did but it was sort of around the time of his his passing that 
that sort of dialogue came into sure. into the relationship with my grandparents. Yeah. Um, and they're very supportive, which I have which a lot of amazing, respect for. Because they're all a bit older. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... My, so, what, and what we haven't even discussed, my older brother Christian is gay as well. Right, okay, yes, okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he lives in Bradford now with his uh, now husband. Yeah. Um, but I have a lot of respect for him. Um, mm. I th- I don't think he had... Um, I think he had a tougher time than I did because right. he stayed at Sir Fred's. Um, um, so he's six years older than you. Four, four years older than four me. Four years yeah, older. Yeah, yeah. So, but you know, he, he's he's through his troubles and and things, he's found somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, and also my twin brother. Yes. Who I think, growing up, you know, we didn't get on, and we did get on, and. You know, I was jealous of him and all those sorts of things. But now that we're both adults, mm. he's a, he's my best friend. Yeah. Um, and I'm so lucky to have him as a friend and a brother. He he he's a gorgeous human being, mm-hmm. very talented, and yeah. He's not a theatre person, though, is he? No, he works in TV and film. Yeah. So, so you know, well, similar, I mean, still a bit, similar yeah. thing, but but yeah. Yeah. Um. So and then. So, which makes this slightly more difficult. Any gay people that you've admired or looked up to, again from the year dot to now, kind of gone. Okay, that's that's uh, that. Not necessarily how I want to live, but I, I admire what they've achieved, or I, 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 you know, or I do want to follow their path. I think the the strangely enough, I mean, this is new to me, that mm. the head teacher at Sylvia's. Colin Townsend was just a regular guy. I think that's the that's the thing that I want mm. is to be normal, <laughs> you know. Like, well, to yeah. have a life that is considered ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the this idea that the Will and Grace, which I'm thrilled is coming back. Yes, the idea that that sitcom isn't about them dealing with. Their gayness. Mm-hmm. It's just a circumstance. It's a byproduct of yeah. yeah. And I think that's what. When I see, relationships, for gay men. Mm. I think that that's the thing that I want from it mm-hmm. is. That, that that it's actually not very. That it's yeah. Otherworldly. It's just yeah. You know, I I would like a dog, and I would like a husband, and and two point four children. Mm-hmm. But, I'm with you up to the. Two point four yeah. children. <laughs> Though children are wonderful, no. um, but yeah, no, completely. Just to be considered, yeah, d- regular. You know? d- that there isn't anything yeah. different, and yeah, that's that's hopefully the one day it might yeah. not necessarily be in our lifetime, where the whole of the world sees mm. there's a point. I hope touch yeah. some formica would yeah. that the world sees gay people in a way that it's just not a thing and for a lot of people it isn't but yeah. then there are still parts of the world that we've talked a lot yeah. about where it's you know it's still punishable by death and stuff like that yeah. and that's always to remember that but um, but hopefully yeah but I know you mean from day to day for us in the UK right now yeah I think that's... we're lucky to be in the UK and also the circles that we're in particularly yeah in this industry as well I think it's important to acknowledge that we are in a particularly accepting environment oh completely um 
Yeah, I just yeah. think it's worth and it. And that we shouldn't be so gl- we shouldn't be glib about the fact that yeah. we have these the ability for me to sit in a room and talk to you about this on a podcast that yeah. not everybody will necessarily have those people in their world. Yeah. And they might be on their own uh, yeah. creating a podcast. If you are, do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um and okay, uh, I'm checking the time. Oh my goodness. Oh, right, okay, because I'm going to ri- round up now with uh okay, I'm going to I've got so many questions. Okay. But... Do, okay. do, do a quick fire. Okay, quick fire. Favourite game, musical or play? Uh, uh, um, <laughs> it's probably a, a play by William Finn, a musical by William Finn called A New Brain. Oh, okay. Don't know that. New Brain. A New Brain. It's, um, um, uh, it's about this couple. Yes. Um, I think um, one of them has... Um, uh, sounds a bit dark, but it's quite funny. Yes. Um, uh, sort of very Jewish, uh, American Jewish humour. Uh-huh. As a brain tumour, he's like a composer and he's like worried that that's the cause of him losing inspiration and it's essentially his journey uh-huh. um, through um, find, basically finding his inspiration again. And is it, as a, is it just a stage show at the moment? Has it it's a musical. Through? It's, a a bit, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not a film or anything. No, it's not a film. No. Okay, but you can probably find it on iTunes, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's so a cast recording. There. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, say the name again. Uh, it's called A New Brain. A New Brain. Okay. Yeah. By William Finn. There you go. Yeah. Sold it. <laughs> Role you'd like to play? Oh goodness! In the that's, whole world. That's a great. I would love to to In play that. that. Yeah. Ah. Um, um, uh, I would love to play um, Princeton and Rod in Avenue Q. Uh, okay. Um, goodness. Um, and a play. I would also like to play Miss Trunchable. Um, <laughs> a play. Oh goodness. I mean, in Fantasyland, I would love um, um, to play um, Prior. Um, oh. In of America. Oh yeah. Uh, but okay. So, listeners, I'm going to attach. There will be a picture of Dale connected to with this. But there is a resemblance. <laughs> I've just realised yeah. to you and Andrew Garfield. Really? Yes. I've just, just as soon as you said that, I went, oh. I'll there's... take that. <laughs> no, but there is. Oh, we'll look in a minute. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, and, um, okay, so I'm going to throw some, these really are quick fire. Okay. Uh, Favourite word? Um, um, <laughs> the one that springs to mind is uh, anti-disestablishment. <laughs> least favourite word I'm not going to ask why um, least favourite word uh, <laughs> wine willy something like that wine willy wine willy oh, I'm sure we've all suffered that <laughs> uh, <laughs> what other profession would you like to attempt uh, I w- uh, I'd love to be a stuntman stuntman yes oh my god what profession <laughs> what or an accountant Go with stuntman. Okay. Uh, no, accountants are lovely people, but I just think you'd probably yeah. be better... Oh, but then you said you're good at maths. Yeah, I am good at maths. So no, forget stunt, stick with accountancy. Okay, yeah, maths. What profession would you not like to do? Uh, work in finance. Um, <laughs> Even though you're good at maths. But... Yes, yes, but like um, office, uh, an office building in Canary Wharf. Okay, you don't want to work in Canary Wharf. Uh, the perks are good and the corporate, holidays are long. Corporate life. Um, and finally... Mm. Where do people find you on social media? Oh my god! Um, well, I'm I'm not huge on social media, but yeah. my Twitter handle is uh, Dale Page One, um, and I Instagram. I think I'm Dale Page One as well. Okay, but but again, I, I mean, you I'm, not, I'm not on it regularly. Okay. Um, yes, I also. I mean, 
this is a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, I have a band called Music Sunday. Oh um, yes, yes. I meant but, to but, I mention. I meant to mention. Yes. But again, again, we're, we're sort of off the radar a little bit. But that's underscore Music Sunday is uh-huh. our Twitter handle, and um, still available for bookings. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we're on Facebook as well. But yes. So wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. That was the wonderful, marvellous Dale Page. Thank you. Um, We will see you very soon. Thank you, Dale. Bye. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome.